You're listening to Green Possible, where being free makes being green possible. I'm your host I, and the show starts in. Hi, John. Hi, I. Nice to、um, be with you today. Thank you. I I appreciate you being my very first participant in my podcast. Absolutely,、Hosting、this is so exciting. <laughs> really, I'm so、yeah. glad. Okay, so、um, we have known about each other for a long time, and and I know very very like a basic idea of what you do. So, would you explain to me exactly what you do? Wow, I can. I, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll try. Know. Well, just just you know, like if I were your a new client, what or p- potential client or somebody, would how would you tell me? Uh huh.、Um, here's something I advertised in the paper for a little while. First of all, I work with computers. Secondly, I work with people. And third, I translate between computers and people. So、uh, one of my first advertisements in a paper was compassionate computing.、Wow. So I I make computers、uh, act nicely <laughs> towards my clients. Oh, very nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and and go ahead. Uh, it, what it, what that looks like is I sit beside my clients, usually in their homes.、Uh, my clients are、um, seniors, or they're artists, or they're differently abled, or they're technophobic. They're scared of computers.、Uh, what these kinds of people have in common is computers are not. Natural to them, they're not digital natives. They're the opposite of digital natives. They're digital outsiders, and so they need extra help, extra encouragement with computers. And also, typically, my clients are more dependent than many people on computers. What do you mean?、Uh, imagine your. Parents or your grandparents, as they get older, they have to move away from their home. They have to move into a a, a retirement center or a assisted living center, maybe not even in their hometown.、Uh, they they talk less to the people that they used to. They don't live across the street from their old friends. Uh, they don't drive. They can't get out into the world. They can't drive to the library. Drive to the the coffee shop, and so they their lives. As people get older, some of them their lives tend to shrink around them. And one way around that is to use computers to expand their lives again. With computers, they can start talking with their grandchildren. You know, even if it's just Twitter or whatever, but they have contact. The kids would never respond. Grandkids would never respond to a, <laughs> a written letter that they sent them in the mail. But if they tweet them, the kid might come back with a little, you know,、uh, a picture or something. I think that's kind of sad that 
writing with pen and paper is not the in thing anymore. I think it's very sad. Yeah. Um, and it's part of the the sadness of what I do is because in some cases I have to convince people to give up their what they've always loved. Well, I I suppose just if they don't want to give up writing, it's just giving up writing letters to other people. They can still write for themselves, I suppose. And and I can I can compromise. For instance, instead of saying to a client, "Oh, you have to uh, keep your contacts in a contact application database, and you have to type them all in," I will typically say. No, don't believe what they tell you. You don't have to keep your addresses in your phone. You can keep them on a piece of paper, or passwords. No, don't use a password manager. Those things are terrible. They're they're for professionals. No, write down your passwords in a tiny little book and keep it locked in your drawer. Yeah, I I kind of I'm like totally weary of the, you know the. Online password manager. Yeah, I'm kind of like I don't know. I don't know where online is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I I rather lock it down on on paper or uh-huh. on my secure USB or secure drive, whatever you know. The 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 common cultural attitude toward privacy is appalling to me.、Uh, You know, we we just gladly give our data out, give our whole lives out to whoever happens to be watching, without even knowing, without even learning、uh, where it. What's our risk? What's it cost? What does it cost us to have a Safeway、uh, buying club card? You know, it's free and it gives us cheaper groceries. Well, boy. It's a really costly thing, this Safeway card. Oh, oh, I can, oh, I can see you coming back on. We we have lots to talk about here. <laughs> I would love to. I, I, you got to stop me once I get started. No, no, I I love it. So let's try not to lose track. <laughs> we'll talk about that in another episode then. Keep notes.、Um, keep notes on a piece of paper, okay? <laughs> sure. Well, you should see my desk. Hi, <laughs> excellent. Pieces of paper. I would love it. <laughs> And、um, so, when did you, or how did you get the idea? Well, okay. Do you, what? What length of story do you want? <laughs> hey, it's my show. All right, all right. I'll just—you got to stop me when you want me to stop. So,、um, in 2001, there was a thing called the dot-com bubble burst. You—you you know about this.、Um, I was 51 years old at the time, and the company I was working for, as many others,、uh, kind of folded. It didn't go out of business, but it laid off—you know—90% of its employees and stuff. So. Suddenly, I was without a job, and I went right back into it like usual. I started interviewing.、Uh, two things about this: first of all, 
I think it was perhaps the first actual, honest-to-goodness, full-fledged interview of my life. Because for previous, I'd been in the computer industry for 20, 25 years. And practically every other job I'd gotten was, oh, you meet someone. Uh, the best job I ever had, I, I met a, a friend on the street in Pioneer Square in Seattle. And he said, you know, we chatted for a while. And he said, uh, you want to come up and see where I work? And uh, we went upstairs. He, he was on his lunch break. We went upstairs and looked. And he, before we were done talking, he said, you want a job? And I said, sure. And that was the best nine years of my life uh, working in the computer industry. So that was how it was. You just talked to somebody and they gave you a job. It's like and, the, the old way of doing things. Absolutely. Actually. Absolutely. They didn't, you know, he knew me and he knew what I could do. And I knew what, if he was in a company, it was going to be a good company. So there was no, you know, not a big, but, but suddenly at the dot-com bubble burst in 2001, I had to interview. That was the first thing. The second thing was, it was a bunch of 20-somethings year olds that I was interviewing with. And they knew nothing about interviewing. You know, they were asking me these technical questions, and I was not perfectly answering these technical questions. And they said to their boss, no, this guy will not. Their boss was also 50-something years old. And he called me in and said, I'm sorry, I can't give you the job because my team doesn't understand you. Wow. That is scary. I mean, it was it was shocking. It was shocking and and I didn't know what to do. Now, at the same time, my partner, uh a woman I'd been with maybe almost 10 years, had been diagnosed with a recurrence of breast cancer mm. and she needed me to help her through the treatment pretty much full time. And so, you know, here was strike two. I couldn't, it was hard to get a job. And and by the way, the friends of mine who were younger who did get a job right away uh, after the bubble burst, typically they would be, their new companies would go out of business within six months. And so they were back on the street again. So in a way, I was really lucky I didn't. That first interview went so badly and it discouraged me. That's kind of funny, though. I mean, with their attitude, it's like I'm the best thing in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were, you know, I, it was just very sad for them. And I wanted to take control and say, hell, that this is how you interview. You don't ask people technical questions. You ask, what do they love? How 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 well do they work with each other? You know, anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, I I can I tell you a little bit of my story? Yes, please. <laughs> so when I was interning, um, also in the tech industry, I I it was great. It feels like I was an apprentice. So I was working for technician actually, not yeah. not my not who I would be if I were to graduate and get a job. Uh-huh. And so that was super fun because the whole company uh-huh. it's a huge company, but this feels like a family because your team team members are like 
you know, there, there, I don't think there was any woman in my group then. So it was like all like my dad and uncle, you know, so they, they taught me a lot of stuff, basic things. Like you remember the old days when people put computer together. So a lot of people have like soldering skills and stuff like that. And the only way you learn that is just by sitting next to somebody. I love that. Yeah, I, I was taught. I was at the end. I was like, everybody wants something other. They come to me. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Wow. It was fun. I like it. I like actually kind of it's very meditative. I guess that's a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, you, you know, you have to be really focused, you know, make sure you pick up the right, right resistor. <laughs> You know, they're little tiny cubes then. I mean, not too tiny compared to now. But Oh, I know. Yeah. So so you have to make sure you're picking up the right thing and put it in the right place. And, and it's so rewarding because when you're done, the thing works. works. You yeah. know that you did it right and it works. There's no question. Oh, did I do that right? No, it works. And so I understand where you're coming from because then people know me. Mm-hmm. People know me as a person, not just what I know, because that is feels like the same kind of environment that you're talking about. Absolutely. And it's so it's such a pain to miss that. And what I did not realize is that would never return. Uh, and of course, now we see, well, that just doesn't much exist anymore. Well, it, it's I think I'm, you know what's the word eternal optimist oh. <laughs> so so if we keep telling people stories there has to be i mean there there must be many young people they that's they are looking for this they they, they didn't know wow what a valuable thing you have to say when you're saying this you uh, do you have a podcast or something can i listen to you i <laughs> too funny john <laughs> i'm so glad you're my first guest <laughs> so okay so let's go back to your story so you figure out that looking for a job is not your thing at the Boy, time wow fortunately my partner uh even though she was going through chemo uh cancer treatment was still able to work and her workplace was very very supportive and it paid a good wage and she had a house so i could give up my houseboat uh rent it out go live in her house be there as she needed me and uh not have to worry about an income uh from a job that i no longer had i was so lucky um to she started encouraging me to help uh, our friends on their home computers, you know, because I, I, I was missing computers. I had no team. I had no nothing. People, to... no people. Yeah. And so I'd go to a friend of hers uh, and uh, and help her install a new version of the operating system or something like that. And, you know, and she offered me 20 bucks and I said, oh, well, that's not necessary, but thank you. And gradually pay for the guests. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she told her friends and they started calling me and asking, Oh, you did such a nice job for her. Can you come visit me? And 
And eventually I started uh, figuring out that I had to start charging real money. And and then I put an ad in the paper. It's kind of funny. Did you sound like you shouldn't be charging money? Was did absolutely. I hear that? Oh my, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm doing this for fun. This is just what I do. I shouldn't I shouldn't charge you. <laughs> well, that, you know, that's a concept that I had struggled for a long time with too. Tell me about that. To like help people. Because I just want to help people. I know how to do this, and I know you're struggling, so I want to help you. Yeah. But, you know, if you keep doing that, and I know if they were your real friend, they would stop you, or they will be saying, I should pay you, right? Uh-huh, yes. But eventually, if they're not, like, your real, real friend, mm-hmm. they eventually you get frustrated or angry or something i i felt misused as yes. exactly what you're saying that would happen and they'd they'd use use me for you know a three-hour session and and it would be just excruciating hard job and they weren't easy to work with and i'd come away from there and then i'd have an hour drive to get back home and oh i was just God. exhausted and frustrated and mad at myself for putting myself through this and and it's kind of funny because you thought you were happy you, you yes. got and you you get confused because wait i wasn't i doing something i like to do why am i so unhappy what went wrong what went wrong and and then i'd feel low self-worth because well they didn't value me I, I was just a, wow. you know, just a, a a slave to them, and 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 they mistreated me, or you know, whatever. Not really, but still, they didn't. Or they didn't consider you. Yes, yes. And that might not be intentional, but still, then still. It's our job is our job to do that to let yeah. them know yeah. that yeah. this is not okay anymore. <laughs> And so one thing I did about that was started charging, and it, it, very soon it got to be big money because I started realizing I am really good. Uh, <laughs> I can fix problems that nobody else can fix. And so I started charging a lot of money per hour. And the people who realized it and paid me they would kind of seemingly respect me more because I was charging them a lot. Good for you. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. I, I let my issue went on too long. I was at the end, even if I were charging more money, I wasn't happy. Oh, have you solved that? Oh yeah, I quit. I just. Oh, said. <laughs> oh okay, that's a good okay. way. <laughs> Find a replacement. And I'm leaving. It, and right. actually, I what really made me put my foot down was that I was starting to feel physically unwell. Oh, yeah. You know, not just be, just not. How do I explain that? It's not like I get sick. I start having weird accidents, like walking to oh. the half open garage door. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and and that kind of that's my way of thinking, okay, universe is telling me something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that was, you know, and I noticed that I was getting usually I don't get cold or flu. Oh. So that's kind of a wake up call. 
and I was so unhappy. One of the symptoms for me was I would finally get home from one of these excruciating afternoons, and I'd really want to drink one or two beers. And that's not like me. You know, I needed self-medicating to make me feel better. And I started realizing that's just telling me something's wrong. Well, I'm I'm glad you got there faster than I did. <laughs> well, well. But okay, so so what kind of issue do you? How do I ask this question? So, okay, let's say you are you usually do people call you when they are in trouble or you you. Teach them how to use computer. What do you know? What I'm asking? Sure, sure, absolutely. Yes, at the beginning, it was almost entirely teach me. I there's something I have to learn how to do. Uh, I need help learning it, or or even something more vague than that. Uh, I want to have. I like photography, but I want to have more fun with. With it, what can you help me? How can you help me? And gradually, over the years,、uh, it changed to fix a problem. I've got this terrible problem. I've got a. What can you help me?、Um, I let that happen myself. Early in my、uh, career as a as a as a tutor. I would teach classes in senior centers, and I would put ads in many different newspapers, small little local papers, or senior citizen、uh, seniors newspapers, and would talk about learning and and how I can teach you. And gradually, as I got more and more clients, and as many clients as I wanted, I quit concentrating on getting more teaching jobs. And I just let them, let my existing clients call me once every year, or once every two years, or three years, when something went wrong,、uh, and that was part of how that job became less interesting to me. I think because the problems were always the same. They're always, you know, I can't get on the internet. My email quit.、Uh, This program crashed. I can't get this installed, and so it got to be very redundant. And、uh, whereas teaching was fun, I, it was every person has a different learning style, and I sit beside them and I watch how they, what mistakes they make, and and I kind of, you know, gently push them into a better style of of behavior, and it's. The the beginning of my job was more fun than the ending of it. Okay, so I'm kind of sad that you don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But、um, what do you see?、Uh, because actually, I'm probably probably a bit younger than you, and even people my age, if ten years back, I think I think the people my age. They're not good, you, and especially、uh, ladies. There are so like I was helping out a a like Saturday school kind of thing, and I was making their newsletter, 
And I said to the the responsible person, I said, "Why don't we do PDF? Why are we printing on paper?" Ooh, great! Wow. And then the person said, "The moms don't know how to use computer." I'm like, "PDF." <laughs> Wow. You know, they don't check their email and like, oh my God. So so I wonder if that's still you know, do, do you still see people needing people like you? Oh, wow. That's a huge thing you're bringing up. Um I I have I have lots of observations about that. First of all, um yes, regardless of age, I see a, a gender a, a split. Um, typically, I work with women. Uh, I think partly that's that men try not to ask for help. Uh, perhaps they have more computer experience themselves, and so they don't need help as much. But I think they just barrel through, and and they're more likely to be willing to call for tech support and 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 get what they need whereas women are are less likely to want to get help on the phone and they've found i by word of mouth and by advertisement that i'm gentle and and i don't make them feel stupid like their husbands do that kind of thing <laughs> and so it's very very typical that you know i'll hear little grumblings oh my husband i tried asking him this question and and he just looked at me like I was stupid, or my son, you know, my, oh, mom, you should know this. And, uh, so that's one thing. And they didn't ever think that, did I help my mom with that? How did <laughs> right. you know that? Sure. And, and another thing you're, uh, that your question reminds me of is, uh, for a certain period of time, I was on contract with uh the unemployment agency in oh, the Seattle area. Cool. And so they would hire me to go out and help their clients. Uh, like they needed a computer in order to get jobs, in order to apply online, they needed a new computer. So John, go help them get a new computer and install a new computer for them. And that helped me realize that people who are disadvantaged in some manner or another, it almost always matches a disadvantage in computer skills and computer resources. So, wow, that's that's a huge digital divide, uh, cl class and sex and and uh, income level and ability level. These are all just. Uh, it, why they, do you think it's so hard for people to understand? Let's not say technology, just computer. Why? Why is it so oh, hard? Well, here's here's my take on it. As a programmer for 25 years, I can say with absolute certainty, me and most of my buddies, and I say that male buddies, programmed for ourselves. We did what we wanted. We made what we were most comfortable with. with. We, made what, we made the products that made us 
feel smart. To programmers, at least the the big time successful ones tend to be weird people. Uh, you know, uh, so we program for ourselves, and we don't even know what ordinarily people need. Okay, and that's and why is that hard for people to? Are you saying that it's?、Hmm. We make bad code. We, speaking <laughs> as a programmer, we 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 make ourselves happy and we make ourselves feel good and we we pat ourselves on the back and make fancy, really tricky algorithms in in. In programs and make them beautiful, but they're not usable by ordinary people. We don't know what ordinary people can do. We make it hard for ordinary people to use programs, to use computers. Programmers are exactly the people you don't want programming such an important device as a computer. That is very interesting, because、um, I I. Found my way to Linux, and I never really used Linux before because you know the horrifying command line. <laughs> yeah. You, you, since you told me that you have programming background, I'm sure you're used to Unix. We 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 surprisingly, I never did Linux. Unix. No. Wow. No. Not not as a I. I somehow avoided that. Most of my buddies did, but I just never made it in there. Somehow,、um, I was a little bit.、Uh, that's a different story. That's a different podcast. Okay, let's <laughs> let me me- tell you why I mentioned it. Because was this new? I guess the people in it are calling it a Linux community,、mm-hmm. and and. Uh, the person who started everything is actually helping people understand Linux and actually using it. And also, he is—he has convinced many people that anybody can learn how to program. Wow! So then that means you know, stay-at-home mom or grandma or granddad. They can learn how to do this. So, are you saying that if they were the one who designed the software, it would design and write the software, then it would have been a different story?、Oh, I believe that. Yes, I would love to see stay-at-home moms write the programs that I'm going to use. And do you think there's anyone who can't learn to program, or what kind of? Well, no.、Um, I I think、um, programming is a funny word uh, that um, the programming, the way of programming computers that we've been stuck with so far encourages. Bad computers. So, I think <laughs> that's funny. Okay. I think I think that I think that、uh, there's a new style of programming coming that everybody can do, and that will indeed encourage. So we're we're just waiting for 
the thing to arrive, waiting for a new kind of programming to arrive that everyone can do and then we'll make good programs. I don't know. That's just an idea. Well, I and I kind of, you know, at the libraries, you see there is like code camp for kids. And I'm like, why? Why can't I learn it? Because because mm-hmm. I don't I'm not my software is I don't know if you get to call how my programming skill is software because it's usually talking to hardware. And That's, and that wow. was years ago. I don't remember anything now. <laughs> but so so there's it's apparently and Lego toys have those, I I guess. Exactly. That's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. The Lego programming Legos. Sure, anybody can do this. But I still don't kind of. I think people are capable of knowing. They, I think people are capable of actually making those blocks, those programming blocks. I, I'm imagining. I've never used it before, but I'm imagining that's how they help kids make Lego program because you just line these together and it works the way you want it. So I don't know. I, I, I would like to see the day when people can kind of, even if it's in a language that you don't really understand, you can kind of look at it and know what it might be doing. Yes, 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 yes. And and what this really is teaching is not programming a computer. It's rather teaching logic. It's te- teaching ways of thinking. And not that this is the only way of thinking that you should use in your entire life, but rather this is one resource, this way of thinking, this logical, very restrictive in a way, very hierarchical, very detail-oriented. This, once you've got the hang of this, this is valuable. Hmm. It interesting. Well, let's let's go back to. I have one question. That's you know we we keep leaving our topic. So <laughs> so um, what kind of let's say that somebody heard our talk and they're like, well, I could. I could possibly do what John does or John did. And so what do you think? What kind of person or what kind of personality traits mm-hmm. do you think is necessary to be like be a private tutor, I guess, oh, for, sure. for people? Absolutely. The the main thing is patience. Uh uh it it helps to be a teacher i had to kind of squirm my way into this uh <laughs> while i worked i di- i didn't start out very good at this uh i had other skills that brought me into this job but but the patience and the being a teacher uh turns out to be the most important uh skill set well could i well, I I don't know you before that, before you know. So, how did you? I mean, I understand patience can be learned, but you gotta start somewhere. Pretty. Were you a person with 
lots of patients before this. I mean, I cannot imagine someone who who has no patients even starting this. True, true. That's I. I really was. That was. I. I have always been patient with with a certain kind of task with patient with teaching someone patient with someone learning something uh, so so the, you, that's the starting point patience okay and i kind of get the so you were saying how your programming or software programmer buddies they are how do i say that do they is there like a culture of programmers not respecting other people thinking that i know how to program and you don't so you're dumb kind of oh, attitude absolutely absolutely that's exactly what i saw in my years and, and i see it even more now really do you have an well, examples? Sure, sure. The the book, The Circle, and then the sequel is called The Every. Uh, I forget the author. It's he's a well known author. The The Circle became a movie, uh, popular movie, and these. Uh, what is, what's what's the basic of the story? It's it's the a glimpse into a high tech company such as. Google or Apple or Microsoft, but especially Google—that's uh, kind of what it was patterned after. And okay, so it's a, it, but it's a, a fictional story. A fictional story of a very realistic fictional company, and it it paints this picture, and I have reason to believe that it's quite accurate. <laughs> that programmers are are very. Uh, clear on their own merits and everybody else's failures and how i i would think that you're not that kind of person so what were you like in that situation <laughs> i was i was unhappy uh the, what i like to say is uh when i was a programmer i was always the one who said hey guys let's have a meeting and after a while i realized Oh, that means I'm shouldn't be in programming. You know, programmers don't talk to each other. They don't respect <laughs> each other. They don't respect ordinary how people. Can, well, that's hard to imagine that their code would actually work together. It does not. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Wow, we're, terrible. we're revealing secrets here. Oh, terrible communication between programmers. It's like herding cats. And... <laughs> And a big part of the time of any programming project is undoing errors, fixing errors caused by miscommunication. Absolutely. Well, I don't think that will work in the lower um, programming, how to lower level programming, because let's say that two of us are working on one piece of assembly code. And if you don't talk to me, this machine won't run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. Uh, I think the higher the level, the more susceptible it is to lack of communication. I'm not sure about that. I hadn't thought about that before, but that's interesting. Well, or, or, or willingness. So the other thing that I, you know, 
I'm, as I talked to you, I noticed that you you came even while you were in the programming field. You came with respect of others. Is that true? That 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 is true. That and, that was and, one of my downfalls. <laughs> you are never allowed to say that in front of me again. <laughs> so the so that would be really really crucial as a trade for being a a private computer tutor, right? Very true. Very true. And and that's the other thing that's interesting with this new Linux community that I'm in. Um, it's the person who started it is, is his name is Jeffrey Peterson, and he keep telling people you 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 know especially in I guess in Linux it's kind of have the same field feel as in um. In the old days, when people are so scared of command line, I'm kind of still scared, but I'm better. But it's the same thing: is I know something you don't know, so I'm smart, you're stupid, kind of thing. And and Jeffrey is has convinced a lot of people that this is not true. If you come, if you want to learn, and if you are in this community, then there are no snobs allowed, and wow. that really, that really, I mean, really, really helped a lot of people. I'm so glad to hear you say this. I had, I have, I had no idea uh, such communities exist, and this is really hopeful to me. Thank you. Well, I, I don't thank me. Thank Jeffrey. <laughs> sure, uh-huh. just, but thank you for letting me know. Right. So I bumped into it because of some practical reason. <laughs> but so when I first uh, discovered that you are willing to talk to me, I thought you were going to keep doing this. Um, and you did mention that you had installed Linux on one of your computers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And why did you do that? Oh, uh, it's a beautiful little computer. It's an older Apple uh, MacBook Air and just so sleek and small, but it would not run any usable uh version of the Macintosh operating system. And I wanted to keep it. I wanted to keep using it. Uh, And so I I kind of, you know, at wit's end, found a Linux distribution that would install very easily onto it. What what did you end up Oh, I think it's Debian. Okay, Uh, so it's a very... When did you do this? Well, actually a few years ago, several years ago. Okay, so just the basic Debian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it it works very well. Uh, it there's very few things that don't work about it. Uh, what maybe my key backlight or something like that. But it's just beautiful and it's so quick, uh, and it just makes the machine as if it were a brand new machine again. Well, I'm kind of guessing it's because there's no no. Um, 
I do what I do and you do what you do because it's open source. You, you, yeah. you have to work. <laughs> you have yeah. to work for each other, uh, with each other. It, respect. It all comes down to respect. Isn't that? Oh, wow. I like that. That's interesting. And, and so that also ties into what you were saying, the respect of other people's privacy. Well, true. So aren't we interesting? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I mean, of course, now that I think about it, Linux is uh, excels in, in privacy, in, in, in respecting the user's uh, self-autonomy, I believe. Am I right about yes. that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, I'm like a newbie with this i'm everything like you to you to me you as a subject i'm a newbie so it it's always interesting to me and and so with linux i'm a newbie and i you kind of you the reason why i think jeffrey is so helpful is because he explains things to you and not in a way that you know, like I know more and you don't kind of thing. Yeah, right, right. So that's very helpful. So, and you were saying, oh, and then Linux, Linux runs usually on very little resources so, uh-huh, uh-huh. because it's clean. Yes, it doesn't try to do a lot of uh, thinking for you, I think. <laughs> and that, you know, that's the other thing that I noticed as I you know, live with Linux is that we, so when we don't, when we use other operating system, we are relying on other people to do the thinking for us, I guess. Mm, Very true. And so when, when you convert into Linux, one thing I learned is to you, you're responsible for your computer. That's that's something now that you mention that, that's something that I've been teaching people for years without without paying much attention to that. You're responsible for your computer. Uh, cuz most people don't feel that way when they buy a computer, you know, a, a Windows computer or even a Mac computer, they it's someone else's. It's it's belongs to this big company, and they're making me use it. They're making me think the way that they want me to think. Whereas oh, wow. I I think you you've hit on something that or explained something for me that Linux is owned by the owner. <laughs> yes, yes, and, and you know, like if you really want to be a free software then you you can't there there are linux that's not uh it's owned by company even though they let it be open so but if you're if you're really really you if you're the clean like everything has to be clean type type then you can then it would be a little harder but i well, sure i can't I have to operate <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so, right. 
so and the so the thing is you there's not I'm not saying to for everybody to run and convert their computer into Linux but I'm saying that you need to be responsible for your software for your computer and therefore the other thing I want to mention is when you give away the responsibility you are letting other people decide your computing life and and that is not good because we are smart people and and we're not treated as smart people <laughs> oh wow so that's the same yeah. thing that's like the it's same a, thing of of your client your your friends i guess before you had you you have this as a business they were not thinking that you well okay true lost, true right so that's kind of interesting everything we're talking about is is linked to the other it wow is. this yeah. is getting really deep <laughs> <laughs> so the point so so the point is to for you you were saying that this teaching there has to be especially if it if it's on Linux, if if you were still still doing what you do or what yeah. you did, I think it would be even more necessary for people to do what you do. Because Linux is people are scared of Linux. We don't know what what is well, this, you know. Well that's interesting. Yes. Uh so so I could be doing what I do within Linux, helping people with Linux and, and encouraging them into an environment that's welcoming rather than, as I do, encouraging them into environments that are by nature hostile to them and, and antagonistic to them, which is what I think all big companies now are, especially high tech. They're antagonistic to their customers and clients, whereas I see the possibility of encouraging uh, users and users like you, uh, programmers, newbie programmers, or into something that loves them. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Wow, you said that really well. So I'm kind of hoping that people who who heard this and you know how things has been crazy and people maybe looking for other ways to looking for another way to use their skill in a new career and that would be a good idea if they they're naturally patient and respectful of other people i i hope to see a a, a, a crowd of such people <laughs> and i would I, love that well and and it's kind of. I wish you were still doing this, only because you're saying that you're you're missing the teaching part. Kind of, yeah. So if you were to only tutor in the in Linux world, you might be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I am. I am trying to. Uh, I, I, my way. 
I see a I see a carrot dangled in front of yes, my face. Yes. So, but anyway, it's just a suggestion, and I, I kind of like that because in the community, in the you know Linux community, there's a lot of talk about oh, um, people don't have money to buy a new computer, and Linux works really well on old computer. It sure does. So they get requests of, or they would probably revamp a computer and give it to someone, but that someone doesn't know how to use Linux. Mm -hmm. It's in, you basically have to learn, they're usually always a alternative software to like what you're used to. Well, there is, yes, LibreOffice, Firefox. But those are uh, not, they don't. They're not gonna work the same. You get yeah. They're gonna like, look different. Yeah. You have to you be, be like learning almost new software, mm-hmm. and yeah. so that would be. I see a big need for that. So hopefully, this can be an idea for people to consider. And so I think we better stop because otherwise we'll never end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I would go on and on, but I need to get on no, to no, other things no, too. Actually, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, I know we're all over the place, but we better <laughs> contain ourselves. <laughs> so thank you very much for um, coming on. And I'm sure we have other stuff to talk about. Um, maybe next time we can talk about the privacy things that you have observed. Uh, I would love that. So, so that's, that's it. I don't really know how to end the show because I've never done this before. (laughs) I appreciate so much talking with you. I, it's, uh, you just, it's delightful being on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you for being, letting me ask questions and being so open about things. And, um, I guess we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Good day. Bye. Bye. This has been Green Fossible. Thank you for listening. Your host, I, signing off.